Network, a platform for entrepreneurs, career professionals, leaders, and the general public to give back to the society through coaching and mentoring. I remain your host, Dr. John Ugulu. I am an author, speaker, and strategist. I always say experience is the best teacher. You can stream or download this podcast from YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Player FM, and Pandora. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, everybody from Atlanta, Georgia. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to those of you who are watching or listening to me from other parts of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, my name is Dr. John Ugulu, your host. I am so excited to be here today. As you already know, it is a platform for career professionals, leaders, and the general public to give back to the society through coaching. Thank you so much for stopping by. If this is your first time, I want you to please like and share this broadcast because you might just be saving the life of that one person who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message. Now, words are powerful, so powerful. That's why we always come out here to deliver the best. That's why we always come out here to use positive affirmations, to use experiences of other people to help people move from where they are to where they want to be in their lives. The podcast, once again, is the morale booster. So please remember, like and share this broadcast. We're currently streaming on uh, multiple platforms. We are on uh, um, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. You can join us. You can watch us from so many places. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today I have a guest who survived a skydiving accident. And this man is still doing great things, still utilizing his gift to help others find their purpose in life. But before I introduce our guest for today, uh, like we always do it, I want to talk to somebody. I have a message for somebody, for you who is listening to me. Now, this message is not for everybody. This message is for you, just you, who feels me deep down in your soul. Today, I just want to remind you, please pay attention. And if possible, grab a pen and a notepad and write down as much as you possibly can. I just want to remind you out there that a seed, a seed must first of all die before it can become a tree. Let me repeat this. One more time, a seed will have to first of all die before it can become a tree. And now this takes me to the question I want to ask you who's listening to me. My question to you right now is, what are those habits? What are those associations that have to die within you or inside you? To help you become that person you would like to become or that person you need to become. What is that? What are those habits 
what are those associations, right? Remember, I always talk about hanging around the right people. Just like my communication mentor, Mr. Les Brown would say, hang around OQP, only quality people. So this is just a question I want you to ponder on. Because the moment you are able to figure it out, that will definitely help you become who you truly need to become. Understand that life itself will throw you curveballs. Life itself would hit you so hard that at some point you will start to question your creator. You will start to question everything around you. You will start to question everybody around you. But when that happens to you, the ability for you to stay calm and remember who you are plays a major role. The ability for you to remember what the natural laws say would help you. The ability for you to remember that everything happens for a reason. The ability for you to remember that to everything there is a season and there is a time would help you become a better version, would help you overcome those challenges. So ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where you're listening to me from. I don't know what part of the world you're hearing me from, but I want to remind you that every human being was conceived in the womb and will one day end up in the tomb. But what matters is how we live our lives between the womb and the tomb. And this brings me back to the questions I asked you initially. What are those habits? What are those associations that you need to get rid of to help you step into your full potential? I want you to think about it. And remember, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So thank you so much for listening. Um, today we have a guest. Uh, his name is Jason Dinan. Jason is um, a Christian, an author. He is an inspirational speaker, a skydiver, a mountain climber. He is a triathlete and an explorer. He was born and raised in New Jersey. He moved to Colorado to explore the wide open spaces in the West and test his limits. He currently lives in Boulder, Colorado. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I want you all to join me as I welcome to the stage this great man, this survivor, this man who has found his purpose and is currently using his purpose to inspire others. No other person but the great Jason Dinner. Jason, thank you so much for joining this program. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm so, you know, I love that background. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful out there. So, <laughs> so are you currently in um, Colorado or are you out, you know, working or? Oh, I'm working, but yeah, I, I'm living in Colorado, Boulder, right below the mountains. So beautiful mountain view every day. I mean, the one of the best views I've ever um, 
had my have ever had my eyes on is one I get to see every day. So I'm uh, super lucky, super blessed to live where I am. And uh, yeah, it's a great place to live. Right, right. So Jason, now you are a man who enjoys skydiving. And, mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact, you have, a, <clears throat> you have been faced with a life and death situation in skydiving. Can you please, first of all, share with us what activated your passion for skydiving? Sure. Um, so I had ridden my bike and, and drove my car past a, uh, a small airport probably hundreds of times. Um, and the airport's just, a, you know, probably 15 miles from my house. And I would always see the parachutes in the air and kind of look up and wonder and I thought, do I think I could do that? Yeah. And uh, it was a challenge. And I think you have to test yourself, um, you know, to see what you're made of. And I think it made me nervous just looking at those parachutes and question myself and like, you know, do I have the ability to do that? I mean, can I pull the parachute, jump out of the plane, fix any problems that might happen and land safely? I mean, it's a definitely a, a big difference between thinking you can do something and actually executing and doing it. Right. So the challenge was like, well, am I going to sign up and do this or not? And I thought about it for a while and, um, I decided I was going to sign up and, and try to skydive. Um, I had, uh, before that, I did one, what they call tandem jump, which means instructors attached to you and they do all the important safety work. And uh, I wanted to see if I could actually do it myself. So it, it was a challenge and, you know, uh, you can't let yourself get comfortable. So it's like, you know, comfort is the enemy of progression. And right. I needed to make myself feel uncomfortable if I was going to grow. And that happened to be at that time in my life, something I wanted to try. Um, so I decided to um, try skydiving. And at first it was just, I mean, just like anything else, there was lots of fear, right. I, I, you know, I terrified. <laughs> my hands used to sweat a couple days before the day I was going to train. Um, and sometimes you question, you're like, wow, there's a lot of uh, stress to, uh, to do something you're supposed to be having fun doing. And, but that's why you, you know, progress in life and, and really test yourself. Um, as time went on though, it changes really, um, from super stressful to, you know, a really amazing experience. I think a lot of people that don't skydive have kind of a misconception in thinking that it's all about the adrenaline rush when that's really not the case. Now in your first couple of jumps, it is a huge adrenaline rush, almost overwhelming. Wow. And after a while it becomes normal. Um, and it doesn't mean you don't have any adrenaline, but certainly it's not like the first few jumps where, it, you know, adrenaline's going crazy. Mm. Uh, after that, it becomes much more. It becomes about joining a tribe um, because you, all those skydivers, you know, come together. Um, and I'll talk about, you know, what they did for me later. But, you know, those skydivers, when I got in my accident, um, all of them came together to help me. Um, whether it's raising money, they threw a carnival for me. Unfortunately, I missed the carnival. I was laying in bed. Uh, or, you know, coming to visit me in the hospital, uh, when my family came out to, to visit me, they took care of all the details. So, uh, amazing group of people. Um, and it's really beyond that. It's, you know, a transformative experience doing skydiving. So it's, it's not just, can you jump the first time, right. you continue to learn things uh, on your journey as the more mm -hmm. and more jumps you do. Um, you embrace challenge, you overcome obstacles. Um, 
you know, whether it's within the jump, mental obstacles, physical obstacles of maybe it took you a while to perfect a skill. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's amazing experience, amazing people. Um, and uh, so I got more passionate about it, at, about it after I did more jumps because right. it became I, much more than just getting over being scared. It, yeah. it became far more than that. I, I can I can imagine, man. Look, I, I cannot even get on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, I truly admire your courage. And from my experience in life, I've come to realize that when you find yourself passionate about something, it is only natural for you to run into some form of challenges or accident or, you know, you, you know it is natural for life to throw you curveballs based off of what you're passionate about. And that happened to you at some point. So, um, you talked about having an accident. You had an accident in skydiving. And, and I know the people who are listening right now would have the same thing that's running through my mind, running through their minds. Because when you're skydiving, the only possible type of accident one can imagine, I don't see it being any small type of accident. And, and, and you experienced that. Can you please share with us how that felt? What was running through your mind and what type of accident it was? You know, the only thing I can imagine is just falling and dying, right? So sure. please share with us, how did it happen and how did you manage to overcome it? What was going through your mind at that point? Sure. And you could have both small and big accents in skydiving. Uh, I had on the bigger side uh, as terms of an accident. But um, so what happened was I was uh, jumped out of the plane, deployed my parachute. Everything was working as expected. I was right. coming in for a landing. I was about 150 feet off the ground. And wow. suddenly um, a huge gust of wind came off the mountains because the, the yeah. airport's right next to the mountains and wow. picked me up and slammed me violently forward. So it was definitely a uh, a, a wind that I, I've certainly experienced wind hitting me from the back while skydiving, um, mm -hmm. but certainly not to uh, that level. It was it was violent. And wow. what happened was. Um, so I, I so it hit me and then I had about five seconds before I landed now. At 150 feet takes approximately five seconds. So um, I had really two choices at that point. One uh, was to turn or one was to continue on forward. Now, mind you, I was coming straight for a fence and an airplane hangar. Now, if that wind didn't hit me, I would have landed on the grass where I had landed on hundreds and hundreds of times before without right. an issue. But that increased wind speed increased my speed tremendously. So, wow. uh, I could have turned and turning essentially with a parachute means you pull on a handle, it collapses the side of the parachute a little bit and your parachute dives, increases your speed. And then that induces a turn. Now, if you're at 1500 feet off the ground, then there's no problem. Cause if you lose 200 feet, 
you yeah, stabilize you out and yeah. you're 1300 feet above the ground. Right. But when you're only 150 feet off the ground and you turn, you'll dive right wow. into the ground because your parachute won't have time to reinflate and uh, normalize its flight. Hmm. So I knew turning was not something I can do because that meant I probably wasn't going to survive hitting the ground with that increased speed. So all I could do, I said, well, I'm not going to turn. And this is a split second decision because we're talking about I had to make this within you know a second. Right. Um, I said, well, I'm going to keep going straight. And I hope that I land on that grass before the fence. Hmm. It's hard to tell, but really there's no other option. So um, as I started coming in and counting down that five, four, three, two, one, I started to keep going. And I realized that grass is moving really quick under my feet. Wow. And uh, with about a second left, I said, well, to, to turn back after about three or four seconds, I, I said, I just have to relax and take a deep breath because I know I'm not turning. I'm not doing anything. What's going to happen is going to happen. So wow. I just took that deep breath and tried to get all the stress out of my body and see what was going to happen. Uh, with about a second left, I realized mm, there's no way I'm landing before this fence. I'm going to hit the fence because I was going so fast that, you know, it just wasn't going to stop. So the fence was a cattle fence. So you had think of three different wire layers um, that were there. So I hit the first two. I could feel them hitting the top of my chest and my midsection. Huh. And so I hit it and it almost simultaneously it became super taut and just exploded and ripped because I was going so fast. So I could feel wow. that hit and then rip. And the airplane hangar, which is just a, a metal building that has airplanes in it, um, was about 10 feet behind it, maybe 15. Um, and I hit head on uh, that that building going, estimating 30 miles an hour or so. Um, and then I immediately blacked out. Um, the first people that came on the scene, I thought, and this is the thought I had after I got out of the coma. I thought when I hit the building, I said, I'm okay to myself, I guess. Um, but what really happened was I was laying on the ground. The other skydivers came over to me after they, they saw um, that I hit the building. And the first one on the scene came up and started talking to me to see how I was because right. they saw that I was a tremendous mess because my body kind of exploded when it hit that hit that building. And what I found out later um, that they they told me what I said was, um, I'm okay. Just give wow. me a second. Wow. And I, my brain, now I was blacked out when I said it, so I had no, no idea that I actually said that, but it was yeah. kind of like my brain defaulted to what it knew, which was survival and getting through difficult situations from other things I had been through, not certainly right. as bad as this. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was kind of the mentality. My body had turned on to survival mode to start fighting. What was it, what happened to me? Um, and the main injury that that almost ended my life was I hit so hard uh, that building on the left side, 10 of my 12 ribs broke wow. and they they hit so hard into my heart. Wow. My heart exploded out of where it normally sits. So it sits in some wow. kind of pericardial sac, um, wow. which protects your heart, exploded and came on the right side of my chest oh. and was all twisted wow. up. Um, so they called 911. Didn't, luckily, they didn't listen to what I said because they could see how bad I was. Um, they took flight, called the flight for life helicopter, flew me 50 miles to the nearest level one trauma center, which takes care of the worst of the worst kind of traumatic accidents. Uh, they immediately rushed me into life-saving surgery. Um, and what the, they, the doctor later told, um, my family was one that no doctor in the hospital had ever performed that surgery on anyone before because no one had made it, ever made it alive. Wow. Um, 
and the doctor was so surprised that I survived because the day after the accident, he was, he came into my room and I was in a coma at this point. He came into my room and the first person that came to the hospital was my friend. That was my emergency contact before anyone else could get there. And she was sitting in my room the day after the accident, the day after the surgery. And uh, the doctor kept on staring at me. And this was the doctor that had saved my life and did the heart surgery. And uh, he was staring and staring. And, and my friend said, well, uh, he was staring at you for an uncomfortably long period of time. She was already freaked out because she got the call that morning that, you know, your friends in a coma he's in the hospital. Get here right. right away. And uh, she finally got so uncomfortable. She said, well, why are you staring at him? Is something wrong? Because she thought I was, you know. I don't know about the something bad was ha going to happen. And, and he, right. stared, he he turned around and stared at her and said, well, I'm looking at him because I can't believe he's alive. He should have never made it off the field alive. Wow. Should have never made it to the hospital alive. Should have never made it through surgery. Like she, he's like, no one survives what he just survived. Hmm. And uh, so by a miracle, I, I, I survived. And, and certainly God was looking out for me and watching over me. Absolutely, brother. Had plans for me to do far more than I was doing at that time. And um you know, it. Uh, you know, I, I was lucky to find skydiving because I learned the initial lessons, and then smashing into that building, although it seemed like a terrible thing at the at, at the time, um, it 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 made me reassess my life and really um, find other things and more purpose in life that maybe I lo I was losing or wasn't finding at that time. So yes, I was, I was lucky I, that I, I was able to skydive and go through that. Yes, I I can imagine. Wow. Wow. Look, I, I am so happy that you are here with me right now. And it's now a thing of the past. You know, this is when life hits you and you are able to overcome those challenges, then your tests will then become your testimony. Now, all that happened to you for a reason because. There was a special assignment mapped out for you in life, in this world. And that came as a trigger, as a medium to activate the greatness inside of you. And that accident has pushed you to stay focused on helping people become a better version of themselves, helping people overcome limiting beliefs, helping people develop the mindset that can take them to where they want to be. And you have even gone further to publish a book, right? Um, can you please tell us the title of your book? Sure. And what eight that days, book is all about. Sure. Eight Days Till Sunrise is uh, the title of the book. And that has to do with the eight days I spent in a coma. Mm. Um, the book itself, um, and I never intended to write a book, um, I realized in that whole laying in the hospital and talking to people that just telling uh, the story of survival um, was, was really powerful, and it allowed other people to open up to me and tell me about the struggles they were going through. Because right. I think the thing that we all have in common is we're all going to go through struggles sometime mm -hmm. in life. And um, I think one of the things I really learned from it was that you have the strength inside already to get through yes. amazing obstacles. Um, I think a lot of times we we like to point out and say, well, that person has strength, but maybe I don't have the same. We doubt ourselves. And, you know, we're, we have to overcome doubt and realize and, and admit to ourselves that we are strong enough and use those lessons we've learned throughout our life 
um, because lessons I learned throughout my life way before that ever came to the accident were really a guiding force when I wasn't even capable of thinking straight with all the medication I was on. I would do things that I wasn't sure why I was doing, but then months later when I would look back, I would say, well, I was right. doing that. I was doing that because I was guided by things I had done in the past or teachings, people, things that people had taught me. Um, cool. Yeah. So, so the book is, um, well, it, it, it was, it came to fruition because I, I was at a speaking engagement and I finished it. And um, someone came up to me and said, you know, I like your message. My friend's really struggling at home. They won't even leave the house. Uh, do you have anything you can give me that gives, gives your message? And at the time I didn't, and on that drive home for that speaking engagement, it's like, it was, it was the whole reason of speaking and doing things like that is, is to connect with people and help them through their struggles. It's like, I had to go through the toughest thing in my life before I could possibly talk to someone about going through the toughest thing in their life. And it becomes a, a responsibility for you to help other people in which right. I, I, I love that, that responsibility. So that, I could, do, um, do you have, sorry to uh, interrupt. Do you have yeah. a copy of that book with you? Sure. Oops, Let's right see. Here. Okay. It's, it's titled uh, eight days. Eight days. What's till the sunrise. title of the book, please? Eight days till sunrise. Eight days till sunrise. Where yep. can people find the book to purchase? Sure. They can go uh, in the U.S. They can go directly to my website, uh, jasondenon.com, J-A-S-O-N-D-E-N-N-E-N, -N -N -E -N, or uh, internationally, um, go to Amazon and uh, order it directly through Amazon. That's probably the best way to get it if you're out of the country. Okay, great. So uh, for those of you who are listening to us via podcast and those who are watching via YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook, uh, you will find his website um, below the, um, the, uh, the, the, the video. Um, you will find his website on the caption. Feel free to visit his website and purchase a copy. This is a man who puts all his experience, how he was able to overcome this, in that book. So go right there and purchase a copy. This book will guide you. It will teach you how to develop that mindset to help you overcome whatever challenges you're going through. Thank you so much, Jason. You've been through a lot. We really do appreciate you for coming. Um, what's your word of advice? You know, just for a few seconds, that man out there who is going through a particular disease, an illness, and he or she feels that that's the end of life for them. What's your advice to that person out there? You know, I would say one, people, you'll hear a lot of people try to limit you, what you can do, what you can't do, and you hear a message like that. And you have to take control of your situation that you're going through and um, it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to it's going to hurt. You're going to constantly be uncomfortable. And going towards um, getting away from comfort is the way to recover or get through what you're going through. Um, it's um, so yeah. You got to continue to not let yourself be comfortable. Continue to challenge yourself. Continue to test yourself. Um, you're going to doubt yourself, um, and that's normal and that's okay. 
um, you're going to feel down sometimes and that's okay, but you just have to get out of that cycle. That's something you can spend a short, you know, few seconds in, but then you got to get out of that and start working and start letting yourself be uncomfortable because lacking comfort's the way you're going to get through that difficult situation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really do appreciate you. And, and for those of you who are still listening or watching us, please remember to like and share this broadcast. We're not asking you to give us money. What we're doing right now is just to help somebody. Remember to like and share this broadcast because you might just be saving the life of that one person who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message. And just um, to give you who's listening some words of encouragement, I want to remind you that everything in life has a season and a time. I love to always tell people that. Always remember that. Nothing, no condition is permanent, none whatsoever. So never make a permanent decision under a temporary situation. Heraclitus said the only constant in life is change. All right? The only constant in life is change. That which you are going through right now is for a season. And always remember that you are an abode of greatness. I don't know where you're listening to us from, but please remember that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Thank you so much. Like and share this broadcast and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. God bless you all. Bye-bye.